Hello, this is Get Up and Grow Girl, a podcast for ambitious go-getters who just want to be their best damn selves. We have all the tools and together we're going to learn how to use them because I'm going to speak to a variety of experts in fitness, business, mindset and more because successful people are made and not born. So get up and grow, girl. Guys, do you ever get that awkward feeling that you're out saying you're welcome when working remotely and coffee shop surfing? Are you like me and feel pressured into buying a new drink every hour or leaving before you've got half of what you meant to do done? Before I found Anko, this stuff was literally the bane of my life and a massive obstacle messing with my workflow. Anko is a new way of co-working, turning London's best cafes and restaurants into co-working spaces. They have 60 locations all over London and I can always pre-book my desk so I know they'll be expecting me. You also get access to fully secure high-speed Wi-Fi provided by Anko. Their membership is just 20 quid a month and they're offering Get Up and Grow Girl listeners a two-month trial completely free. Now you have nothing to lose. Once you sign up, make sure to make use of their free workshops and networking opportunities as well. Just head to anko.life, that's anko.life, and use code GROWGIRL to get your two months free co-working. See you there. Hi guys, welcome back to Get Up and Grow Girl. I'm really excited to bring you this episode because I'm speaking with Cara Baroni, who is a business and brand coach, and she works with mostly people online. But this episode was just so exciting for me. I kept getting a little bit lost. You're probably going to hear that when I would ask a question, she would answer, and then I'll just be silent for like a whole minute because I was just absorbing the information rather than, you know, thinking about what to ask next and being a host but that was a really good sign because I felt like I was learning so much from the conversation and what is so great about it is she gives loads of takeaways so for anyone who is building a brand online first of all she's going to tell us who needs to be doing that because you might not think it's you but I think once you've listened to this episode you might need to rethink that because arguably everyone should be having an online brand But Cara will tell you more about that and listen out for the little takeaways and activities that she gives you as well. Hi guys, I'm here with Cara. Cara, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi everyone, so excited to be here. I'm Cara, or Cara, as as all the Brits say here, so I will take it. As you can tell, I'm an American living in London now for the past three years, and I am a brand consultant at LinkedIn by day and an online branded business coach for new and aspiring coaches online. So could you tell us a little bit about your career history? So maybe, I mean, start from as far back as you want to start, but I think it'd be really interesting to see how you came to this role at LinkedIn and then also went into doing your own thing. Yeah, absolutely. So my first job out of uni, I started in HR and marketing. So I've actually always been in this social media kind of world. But at the time, social media wasn't as big. And so I climbed the ranks at my first company. It was a staffing company out of Florida. And probably two and a half years in, social media became all the all the rage. And the executives were actually more, I would say, fearful of it. And we had to get in front of it. So they're like, you know, you're young, you get social media. Can you, <laughs> um, can you, you know, do the social media strategy for us? And absolutely, I loved it. 
And so I started working with my company to establish their social media strategy and then the 64 other offices that we had. So I did that for about, gosh, I would say two and a half, three years. And at the time we were working heavily with LinkedIn and I just saw this company that I loved and adored and they had this amazing, amazing culture. And so soon I moved over to the other side um, and I got the job opportunity between New York and San Francisco. And my whole life I wanted to do California. Uh, my screen name was Sunny Cali Girl in seventh grade, so <laughs> I had to go with that. You manifested so, yeah, it. I manifested it in seventh grade. <laughs> Who knew, right? Yeah. So then I um, I packed my bags. I actually had never been to San Francisco, so had never been to San Francisco. Didn't know a soul there. Sold everything. Showed up with like five bags. Started at LinkedIn as a consultant there. Um, I'd never been client facing. I it was a completely whole new city, whole new world to me. There was a huge learning curve. It was absolutely amazing, though. Uh, for a while, I'd say for the about first three to five months, I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Am I going to make it here? I felt very sink or swim. It's a very, very entrepreneurial culture. Um, ton of Ivy League school grads. So I very much felt like, wow, I'm so in over my head. I'm not good enough. So all the imposter syndrome you know, mm-hmm. kept coming up. But as you do, you just make it work. Um, climb the ranks there was in San Francisco consulting um, companies in the Bay Area for their marketing and branding strategies for about almost three years as well. Then got the job opportunity to move to London. So I've been here for almost three years now. And and I recently switched into um, launching new products there. And then I guess fast forward, like how the heck I even got into this entrepreneurial journey. So once I moved to London, I actually experienced some pretty bad fatigue and burnout. And I'd always been super, super healthy, super on the go, doing Mm -hmm. a million things. Um, And I couldn't do it anymore. So my health benched me and I had to figure out something else I was going to start doing that I was very passionate about. And at the time, I kept seeing all this health coaching stuff. And health coaching was, sorry, health and wellness was like, Everything I've always loved. It's the only other passion I had. So yeah. I'm like, eh, I don't know what this is, but I might as well get a degree in it. <laughs> as you do. So is this your second time going to uni then? Uh, well, it was a 12-month certification. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, so on the side. So I'm still working full-time at LinkedIn. On the side, I'm getting a health coaching certification okay. and degree. So I do that. I end up, you know, loving it. had a great experience. And then about 12 months in, once I got my certification... And everyone I graduated with, I realized, stayed in their corporate jobs. They had such a love and passion for this, but they didn't know how to build a brand, make money, get clients. So I'm like, there's something not right about this. All these people are so passionate and so willing to do whatever it takes for someone else, but they're not living their life the way they want to do it. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, combine my health coaching, my, my consulting background, I'm like, I'm going to do more business coaching. I'm going to show the people who are loving this kind of lifestyle, how to actually make money, how to stand out online, how to create a sustainable and consistent business. So fast forward a year and a half later, and that's what I'm doing. That's amazing. So it's kind of a niche that you found through life experience rather than always having a plan to go into that. Oh yeah. There was no entrepreneur plan in my (laughs) life. (laughs) Ever. I didn't, I mean, I thought like I would just climb the corporate ladder. It was LinkedIn is my dream company, dream job. I thought I would just continue doing that forever. And so it's something that definitely, 
you know, I learned through that journey, through experience, um, and it's still evolving, but I think the only way it actually evolved is I took action. Yeah. It's really interesting because a lot of the people that have gone on to start something of their own and done really well in it, it tends to be a similar, similar thing that they find this unexpected passion. And arguably that might be why it, it works so well because it's something that you really, yeah, you, you just find it yeah. somehow or it finds you. So with the business coaching of your wellness coaches, first of all, how how did you then go about, because that's starting a completely new business for you as well. So I suppose you kind of have to coach yourself into how do I start this? How do I build a brand? How do I get my own clients before you then do the same for the others? Yeah, I think that's the hardest part is I think the coaching industry is really, really saturated, but only the best truly make it because it's really difficult. So you're exactly right. Not only do you have to learn all these new skills and become a really, really good coach, mentor, consultant, like whatever it is that's your expertise, but you also have to learn marketing and branding and sales at the same time. And these are not necessarily skill sets you grow up learning. Marketing maybe, but not really sales unless you're in it. So you're actually learning two things that's really challenging. So what I did is I surrounded myself by the best. So a few of my friends were starting to get in the industry and I really just latched onto that. And I surrounded myself by like-minded people. In addition, I hired my own coach. I don't think, actually, I do not believe (laughs) that any coach should, like every coach needs a coach. And I don't think that you should be allowed to coach unless you've gone through that, not only experience working with one, but also the experience of investing, investing so heavily in yourself that you could fail and you have to make it work. And I think that giving over your like hard earned thousands and thousands of dollars for this teaches you a ton. And I don't think you should be allowed in this industry to do it if you haven't. Uh, Yeah. So I invested heavily in myself and I surrounded myself by people uh, like-minded folks. And then you just got to do it. It's like anything, at least, you know, in my experience in corporate, you are given a job, you're given a project, you've never done it before. But again, it's sink or swim, you have to figure out how to do it. So just kind of like look back at that past experience that's made you successful and just know like you're just applying it to something new. Yeah. So how valuable or important did you find having that coach in terms of did it act as sort of a template in terms of this is what I need to, this is how you run a business like this? Obviously, I'm sure she would help you with how you create your branding and all of those things and what your business is. But in, in terms of the sheer logistics, I know logistics yeah. probably isn't the right word, but the operations or the pragmatic side of things, I think that's the bit that I always find it must be just a bit of a minefield to know how to actually physically start something. Yeah, it's a really great question. So she definitely gave me the foundations and a template. And then I think... So this is where it always goes between hiring a mentor and hiring a coach. Because a coach is actually not supposed to give you the answers. They're supposed to ask you the right questions and hold you accountable and give you the support for you to find the answers within yourself. Yeah. Um, But a mentor has someone who's been there, done that. I can tell you exactly what to do. So I personally, like, go between mentorship consulting and coaching for me and, like, how I help clients. So that's what I actually was seeking in my first few people that I invested in. Mm -hmm. So yeah, she definitely gave me, I've hired two right away, definitely gave me the foundations, the template, what to do. And then I think the 
hardest part and every newbie actually just wants more of that template, give me a checklist, give me a blueprint. If I do these things, I'll be successful. Right. Mm -hmm. But then it's actually finding your unique like that, your proposition, your authentic voice, because content can, you know, content creation (laughs) takes a lot of time and it can be really challenging. It's like, how do you stand out? How do you differentiate yourself? But when you're just getting started at the same time, you're like, I don't want to sound too different because then I might be way out there and the people might judge me and I might be really weird. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's this catch 22. So I think the best thing my coach did for me was unlock that it was okay to not have all the answers, but you got to find them within yourself. And she was a big proponent of journaling. And that is like my number one, like tool and tip for success is actually like have a journal, have someone give you journal prompts to be able to figure out like what your voice is and what you actually really love doing, like what that clarity looks like, because if not, you'll just sound like everyone else. So it's definitely a mix of having the strategy and the tactics, but then also like equipping yourself and kind of giving yourself this, the break away from Instagram, all the content consumption to figure out like your unique voice. Yeah. So I really believe that a big part of being an entrepreneur is about self-reflection and that I think you're you're probably an example of that in terms of when you're a you are your own brand then you have that you mentioned the journaling you have to spend quite a lot of time understanding who you are to understand your unique proposition and I think sometimes it's not always what you initially think definitely in my experience anyway what I thought I'm good at or what I think is what I have to offer sometimes it it take it took me a long time to just connect with myself which sounds a bit spiritual but just to to understand who I really am what's really important to me and actually my strengths and weaknesses to know how I can help someone yeah I think that's actually really important I don't want to highlight over that like all of a sudden this was easy for me I changed directions three times because I started doing what I thought I should be doing. So, okay, I work at LinkedIn. I should do career coaching because that makes sense, right? Like that's natural. And then I was in network marketing a bit here and there. I loved marketing and like sales kind of stuff. So I was like, oh, maybe I should help out here. So I changed directions three times. And I think that is such an important thing to note is that give yourself permission to like screw up and change and do whatever like but the thing is like at least you and I we were doing it right and the only way we know that we didn't love it or even like it and change directions is that we were in it and doing it so I think that's the only way you ever know yeah and so when it comes to your clients now Hmm. how this is probably a question that's a bit broader than just the health and wellness side of things but how do you coach people to find clients because obviously that's something that they have you can't do that for them they have to go and do it themselves Mm -hmm. but I imagine there must be some sort of strategies in the way especially when we're thinking using the digital landscape yeah more than I mean correct me if I'm wrong but maybe more than just going out there in terms of events and stuff but I thought that your focus was more to do with the online side Mm -hmm. and I think that's just it feels like you're a needle and you know it's just a haystack <laughs> yeah. and you just how do you where do you start how do you even yeah begin so yeah it's a great question so I do coach all online coaches so okay. definitely is there great things to be done offline and in person absolutely but I definitely coach more like how to build your brand online okay. so first and foremost um I have my own unique methodology it's called the location-free method because 
I love living wherever, living in leggings, right? As I am right now. Absolutely. You guys can't see me, me but we both have leggings on. (laughs) Very happy when you turned up in leggings as well. (laughs) Used to be my name, so we'll keep that on brand, right? (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I think first and foremost, it's about figuring out, and I know it's super cliche, but niching down and figure out your exact audience. Like, what do they love? What do they hate? What makes them tick? And through that, your content just kind of comes to life. So I always teach that like, first and foremost, you have to know everything about your audience. And then you have to have your own unique methodology, like something that sets you apart, something that you teach people day in and day out, whether it's a group program, whether it's a one-on-one program, it really is unique to you. Mm -hmm. And so then I think first and foremost, it's like having that strategy and making sure that you're showing up consistently showcasing that strategy, your content, your methodology every single day. Um, and then also adding in a little personal flair because people don't want to see like business all the time. Yeah. They, they connect like women buy from people that they like, know and trust. And so it's like, how do you have a fine balance between both? So showing stuff that gets people to connect with you, but then also highlights you as that authority figure through your methodology. So it all starts there. Target audience, your methodology, your constant contact content. Um, and then I teach like figuring out your own visibility system. So again, that starts with who is your ideal client, and then you need to know where she is. So is she on Facebook? Is she on Instagram? Is she on LinkedIn? And then I say, especially for if you're like me, you're juggling corporate and building your, you know, your empire, figure out just two platforms that you can show up on because you can't do it all. You can't do Pinterest. You can't do YouTube. You can, but you'll burn out. Right. And so it's figuring out where she is, pick those two platforms and then figure out your own visibility system. So it might be that you have a strategy when you have your unique content and you post in Facebook groups three times a week and you network there. Or maybe you only focus on Instagram. Your content is great there. You are posting every day. You're doing stories every day. But then also you're connecting with other influencers who are like you, who have the same kind of clients. Um, And you're figuring out ways, which I teach, to engage with their audience, Mm -hmm. right? Um, so it's definitely different for each individual, but I teach like pick your visibility system where your ideal clients is. And then the key is like showing up consistently. That's the name of the game for everything is showing up consistently and reaching out to others. Cause you need yeah. to get people that door, uh, especially when you're just beginning to say like, Hey, here I am. I have these great services to offer you. Yeah. One, do you know about them? But two, like, let me invite you into my world. Let me give you something free and something of value to start yeah I think that's a really really interesting one that specifically the second half of that so you've got your visibility systems mm. and then they're reaching out because it took me personally a long time to figure this out and I think it's something that probably a lot of people still are not, are not sure of especially when it comes to Instagram I think there's this idea that you create a great page you just post and everyone's going to come to you and yeah. you, you should just stay there and just put out good content mm-hmm. and that you shouldn't have to it's almost like you shouldn't have to reach out because if you're doing it right you should right. attract these fans or followers I think it's the word followers inherently implies mm-hmm. that they're there to watch you and you just don't you know <laughs> you don't you don't need to do anything back it took me so many years to realize that if anything you need to engage more you need to be putting you know speaking to the people that mm-hmm. comment or dm you or you need to even let's go a step further than that and say you need to be prompting them to dm absolutely you yeah it's such a great point and i have worked with people who have 
20, 30,000 followers and they're like, but I have zero clients Yeah. or they have this super professional website, but they have no clients. It's because one, I think this industry again is so saturated. Um, and you're, if you're just getting started, you're not the level where people are knocking down your door. Mm-hmm. So you have to have some kind of strategy where you are reaching out to them, not in a like sleazy way because you, we've all, everyone has gotten those DMs and, or you see someone, their profile say they're with network marketing, right? And they have a shake in their hand. You're like, she messages you. You're like, oh, here it comes. The sale's coming. We all get our yeah. you know, back up against the wall for that. We know it's going to happen, but what if you can just create a brand and it's as easy as this conversation, right? You reach out to them and you literally just have a chat with them. Think about it. Same thing as being at a party or a networking event. Always awkward at first a little bit, right? Takes a second to yeah. warm up, but just find common ground with someone. Reach out to them, find common ground, look at their profile. Maybe it's, uh, I've made my best friend ever <laughs> online. She was wearing this gorgeous dress. I saw her on Instagram and yes, I was trying to get her doing network marketing with me. I will <laughs> admit to it. But I just said, I love your dress. Where is it from? And we just started chatting. Normal human being chat. And then it just went from there. So I think it's, yes, the DMs are super, super important. But I also think it is having that authenticity about building a relationship and not selling someone right away. Yeah. Like People want to buy, but no one wants to be sold to. Absolutely. So do you think you have to go into it just looking to build the relationship and take a, take what you want to sell away for a second. I do. And not just, because I think sometimes what you, I completely understand what you're saying, but I think sometimes it can happen the wrong way still. I know it's happened to me where mm-hmm. somebody slides into the DMs and they say, they respond to something I've posted and say, it's funny or something. So I think, oh, that's great. It makes me feel really not, like happy that somebody likes my content. Mm-hmm. We'll be chatting for about two minutes and then they'll say, have you ever heard of this brand? <laughs> have you ever worked with this brand? Oh, I noticed you use protein. Have you ever used? And then straight away, I feel so, if anything, I feel more disappointed because we've had a little bit of conversation and I thought they were just interested in this. Yeah. And then I feel tricked, which this might just be me. But when somebody just slides into the DMs and says, hi, I do this, probably I'll ignore it, but I won't feel as let down. So what's the way around that? Is it just to, because I get it. Being a you know business person myself, I know that sometimes when you have a product to offer, you have to just go for it. And equally, sales isn't a bad word. They yeah. could be offering me something that would actually be beneficial to me. But also coming from the consumer side, I can't help but feel put off by that type of DM sales. Yeah, it's a really great question and great point. And I think, you know, as a business owner, you also have to do what feels really great and right for you. And that decision only comes from testing because at first everything, when it's brand new, it feels weird, right? Yeah. No matter what you do in life, it feels a little off, a little challenging. Out of the comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. Out of your comfort zone for sure. So I do think that there is a world you can reach out to someone and say, Hey, based on what I see in your profile, I think that such and such may be of interest to you. Yeah. Um, would you be open to hearing about it and pause and ask? And they're either going to say yes or no. So it's not just like, Hey, here are five paragraphs. Let me sell, sell, sell. You ask someone like, Hey, I know and feel that you have something of such great value. And if you truly feel that way, it's not salesy, right? So you reach out to them and yeah, maybe you're just super transparent upfront. So you don't have that letdown that you talked about. And you just say like, would you be open to chatting about it? And they're either going to say yes or no. Yes. Cool. That's your way in. Okay. And I've definitely signed clients that way. 
Um, but the other way to your point is like when you're saying, Hey, this is really funny or whatever it might be. And you have that natural connection. Cool. That is the beginning of building a relationship. Let that go and make sure you follow up with them. So stay engaged with these types of people. If you know they're your ideal client. So I, what I do like hot tip here is I create a folder on Instagram. You know, that little arrow drop down folder where you can save. Yeah. yeah. The saved area. Uh And I save people and I call it follow-ups or future clients, ideal clients, whatever it might be. And I save them in that folder. And after you drop into their DMs, have a great like, hey, I don't know what it might be. Um, Sometimes like I see people drinking really great like matcha or coffee around London. And I'm like, where is that from? Because I actually genuinely want to go to that coffee shop. And so, but still like we might have great chat and then that's it. I'll save them in the folder. And then later that week, I'll follow up with them. So it's beginning to build a relationship that way. Yeah. Um, as well as uh, your content still needs to be on point. And in your story highlights, you should have like an about me section. So they know what you're about. Okay. And then something about your services, either client results, testimonials. So then they begin looking at you. And so if there is a need, they actually have a need for a business coach in my, in my case, they would look at your stuff, check you out, and then you're top of mind for them. So they might not reach out to you right this second, but as soon as usually like that Monday rolls around, they've had the Sunday like scaries, they don't want to go back to work, right? Then they'll reach out to me be like, hey, I saw that you're a business coach and you help women, you know, hit this five figure months, right? Can you help me or can we have a chat? Yeah. So if that's the way it like organically builds, but your profile really needs to be built up as well. Yes, yeah, so it's more slow, slow burn, like build a Definitely. slow connection with, with someone rather than just jump in. Mm-hmm. So who, for the general people who maybe are not health and fitness coaches, but people who are freelancers and entrepreneurs who might be listening to this, mm-hmm. who should think about building their personal brand in, in this way? Because quite often I think, we have the influencers and then we have the business people on, on social media, especially mm-hmm. Instagram, where we have, where with influencers, it's quite, like I mentioned with the follower account, you don't want to be salesy. You don't want to promote yourself yeah. and mm-hmm. this is what I do and and this is what you can come to me for. And then, then you have people who do network marketing and more and more people who are just running their own thing are starting to promote that way, which I think is really good. But if you're at a very early stage and you're just about to start something, should you think about building an online brand and starting straight away or is it something that should come later? Well, I think that everyone has a brand. So a brand is really just what people say about you when you're not in the room. So I think that you also have the ability to control that. Um, I know at our last event we were at together, I said, there's this lady, JT O'Donnell, I spoke with a few years ago at a LinkedIn conference, and she always says brand or be branded. So you have your own brand, and then you can either control it or not. Like people are going to look at you online or in person and make some type of conclusions, right? So if you're just getting started, you might not have a ton of focus on all of these digital platforms. I think you should. It's the way to go for sure. But say you're like really strong networker and you have a lot of referrals, you might like think, oh, I don't need that right now. But eventually you do. Cause I, so I think why not start thinking about it and control it right now? If we know that we either are going to brand ourselves or someone else is going to brand us and have that kind of perception. So what I typically recommend is look at your social media feeds and do a quick audit. 
pretend you were an outsider looking at in and look at your social media accounts and say, when I look at my account, what are the three words that come to mind? And are they reflective of how I want, what I want them to be? So for example, I want my brand to be playful, tough love, and authentic or inspirational. And I'm very intentional about that. But first you need to do an audit of like, actually, where do you stand today? Mm-hmm. And then I would say, ask your friends and family. Okay, when you think of me as I'm building this brand, like what, what three words come to mind? And then you have a really good grasp of, okay, well, truly, genuinely to me, because you are your brand, um, offline, what do people say about me? Online, what do people say about me? And how do I want to portray that? So mm-hmm. these three words that I want to make sure that I'm portraying and like attracting to people how do I go about that in a very thoughtful way to build that? So you might not be really, really focused on building your online brand yet, but again, people are always going to have some kind of perception. So I think why not st- start putting out something that is more intentional when building your brand? Yeah, I really like that as a practical activity that everyone can go and do. We haven't had that before in the podcast. So I like it. A little, oh, little takeaway for the goodie bag, as we, we like to call it. So... We've spoken about this before, but I think it's a really interesting topic that we can go into a little bit more and for everyone to hear, which is about the line between professional and business-like. And I think it's becoming more accepted that we should share a little bit of our personal life and that, like you say, people connect with people and not businesses. So personalising yourself is a good thing. But with Instagram stories and so much easy access to just share like that I think it's really hard I know I find it hard <laughs> to know where to draw draw the line and how much to share what is being authentic and what is just oversharing <laughs> that people hot, don't want to yeah <laughs> yes exactly so what are your thoughts on that on where to how to understand where to segment yeah I think this is another really really great point because some people go too far all the time. And you know, we've seen those girls who are crying every day. And after a while, it's like, okay, it's a bit much. But the truth is that people do want to connect you because that is the way that you build trust. And you only buy from people that you trust. Think about it. Girls buy usually based off um, emotion or trust. And we buy because you're really, really connected with someone. So I think that if you're only business all the time, people won't get your personality and yeah. you won't be saying anything different than others. Cause there's only so much truly about branding online business that you can say, right? Like at the end of the day, it's all kind of the same. Yeah. You can have your own spin on it, but people are going to buy based on like how they feel about you. So I do think that you have to really be raw and authentic because that is the way that you differentiate yourself now in the saturated market. And it's a way that you polarize. So that is the way that you get the right people to be your ideal client. Mm -hmm. So I'll give you a a pretty polarizing example. Um, I'm Christian and I actually talk about my faith online. And most people say, you know, never talk about politics, never talk about religion. And I think that's, that's not true because the right people, it's like dating, right? The right people, if you say what's on your mind, who you are, the right men are still gonna be attracted to you, right? Like, cause you are just being you. You're being you and goofy and authentic. Maybe you don't do that on the first date. Maybe you don't do it on the second date, but after a while you just show them who you really are. Um, And so I think it's exactly like that. So when I talk about Christianity, actually, there'll be women who DM me and they're like, 
thank you so much. Cause I actually didn't think I was allowed to talk about this. In my branding, you gave me permission to be me. And at the end of the day, we all just want to be ourselves. Yeah. And that actually will create and differentiate you. And so I stand so firm in that, that you need to have some pillars though. So maybe you have a pillar about like, so mine, obviously like in my content strategy, I have a pillar about my faith and I won't talk about it all the time, but I will blend it in because it's me. It's just who I am at the core of me. Um, I'll also talk about what it's like being American living in London and, you know, some of the differences and culture nuances there. And so that is like a differentiator with me. And so I think like have your pillars in terms of like how you want to polarize, how you want to be different, and then probably show up more in the stories like that, because that is a true, like, Hey, I'm, I'm walking to a coffee shop, like, you know, very real and authentic. And then maybe once a week, you can show the kind of more of that behind the scenes in your actually content strategy that you post. That's really interesting. And I want to dig a little bit deeper into that just to play devil's advocate and to understand it a little bit more, because I think a lot of people would hear what you just said and say, but is, for example, your faith, is it relevant to all your clients as in do you only need to work with people or do you and they they would say I could see my initial reaction would be like okay it's really good to show who you are but does it relate to your clients in terms of not do they relate to it or not but does that even have a play a factor in whether they want to work with you because it doesn't have any effect on your ability to coach them as a business yeah no that's a really really great point and something you know I hesitated with for a long time because it's, and this is not to say that I won't work, heaven forbid, with people who aren't Christian. Absolutely yeah, yeah. not. But it is the way that I show up and the way I teach. And I think that you should always have faith over fear. And this is part of, like, my coaching strategy. And I think okay. it's just, like, who I am. Yeah. And it's the same thing with people who are really, really into, I would say, like, tarot cards and crystals. Mm-hmm. And they coach in that way, right? Like, that's how they they have a different style of coaching and relating to okay. people based on that. And so like those people who really, really love that are probably not going to be my ideal client as much as someone who is Christian. Um, No, I do think like it completely like blurs and blends the lines, but it's just so funny. The more you start speaking your truth, the right people start being attracted to you. It's the whole like vibe attracts your tribe. And if you look about like the people you're surrounded with in terms of just your own friend group, so never mind being online, right? Chances are your friends are similar to you and that's for a reason, right? And it doesn't have to be faith, but it could be um, location, proximity. It could be background, how you grew up. I know even just living in London, I have a ton of American friends or even more Canadian or Australian friends. And I think sometimes like that, those personalities are more like, I don't know, super loud outgoing. And then British sometimes are a little bit more reserved, right? Yeah. So it actually has nothing to do with the faith part. I think it just has to do with the people who you surround yourself with. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, so I think it's more about personalizing you rather than it being something that you have to be into or not be into to work with you. It's more about just making yourself more relatable in terms totally. of this is what Kara, I'm trying to oh, use American, yeah. American version, um, likes or doesn't like. Or this is part of her personality yeah. this is her values I suppose yeah it's a personality and value thing yeah. 100% mm-hmm. got it okay um so you mentioned how the faith side sort of ties in a bit more and how other people might use cards and things like that and I've been having a little bit of coaching and being sort of shown to the to some strategies like 
visualization, mm. um, manifestation, that type of thing, which is very new to me and something that I hadn't really ever seen or believed in before. But now I'm starting to see it as really having an effect and making a difference. So I was wondering what you think of that and if that ties in, if you have anything, any strategies like that that you use with your clients. Yeah, I'm super, super into all this. And it, when you're first starting, it seems very woo. You're like, what do you mean? I need to journal. I need to visualize. I need to do all the like morning routine type things. Yeah. But I 100% believe in all of it because I've seen it work not only in my life and all of my clients' lives. Um, so I actually, in the course I'm, or the group program I'm relaunching, I'm actually going a lot heavier into mindset than I initially intended to because I've seen it. It's just so powerful because so what I will be going into is um, really training the subconscious. So there's so many things and I would even say like just, and this is, this is going to sound woo as well, but (laughs) think about um, take a day, everyone who's listening, I would say like take a day and really just watch your thoughts. Are they positive? Are they negative? Are they like grouchy, jealous, whatever they might be? And that's where I started, right? I just started in observation mode. And then once you see these beat patterns continuously, you realize that there are like your thoughts become your beliefs and then your beliefs become your day-to-day action. Yeah. And so if you watch them and you're like, wow, I'm really, say someone who like hates their job and like corporate, they are really grouchy. Every Monday they wake up, they're grouchy. They can't wait for the weekend. They're always living for vacation. Um, and so if that's the way you're constantly living, like your life's not going to be that fun, yeah. but you have the ability to change that, but you have to change that by changing your behaviors and your beliefs. Mm-hmm. And that is actually all subconscious. So you can subconsciously start reprogramming and reframing your, your brain. And so I do that through journaling. And so I think it's first, like I will journal about like awareness. So if you wake up on a Monday, super grouchy, okay, well, why? And journal about all, like, why are you grouchy? What's your, what are your feelings? And then I rewrite all of those. So you have to act as if you are changing that. So for example, if I'm a millionaire, how will I act? So I write down how I feel, how I think, who I surround myself with. And I will rewrite all of my old, like negative crabby thoughts onto like, okay, today as a millionaire, I feel this way. I do this. I go for walks. I work from anywhere, that kind of thing. Um, and there's so many studies, the more you start acting as if and rewrite like hand to paper journal style, the life that you want to live, your brain actually subconsciously starts working towards it. So I know it sounds super crazy, but (laughs) Google this stuff. Your brain will actually subconsciously start working towards your goals without you knowing. It's so funny because it does sound kind of crazy, but I a hundred percent believe it as Mm -hmm. well, because I've seen it happen in the last few months. I've really started to put things, I put things on the wall as well. I don't Mm -hmm. know. If you do that but I, I write words that are important to me or goals and just put them on the wall and then I feel that they start to happen and things start to or even I write something down and then it pops up in my life somewhere else and yeah it's very crazy but it makes sense when you break it down into something a little bit more practical that obviously what we think is gonna affect how we act yeah and that's something that nobody can argue with really yeah it's like the number 1111 everyone sees it says it right and it's actually, it's called, oh gosh, the reticular or something system, your RAS. And so okay. it actually, your brain will start blocking out things and focusing on things that you want. So if you've like been visualizing or you focus on something, your goals, your brain, like we, 
there's so much every day. I think about like walking to the tube, like there's so much stimuli like everywhere. And so your brain can't, like it will be overloaded. So yeah. we have this system called the RAS that actually allows you to focus on things. Um, and so that's when you see things starting to pop up. It's yeah. actually not that it's popping up more. Your brain right. is just focusing you're on aware. it. And you're, you're aware of okay, it. Okay. Yeah. I always think that's really interesting when, when I put the word up on my wall and then I think it was, it was a, a word speak because I wanted to start communicating more in terms of publicly and things like that. And then an Instagram advert came up for a challenge called Speak Up, which is like a public speaking program. And I was like, this is crazy. It's popped up. And then I, <laughs> then I thought, well, probably I would have just swiped past that a few days ago. So it's not completely crazy, but it's more about yeah, what you're switching example. your mind onto. Yeah. yeah. So on a similar thread, could you maybe walk us through your, if you have one, your morning routine or your daytime routine or any productivity and mindset? rituals that you do just to get yourself in the right zone yeah. if you kind of really think that's an important part of business yeah I have to say um I change it and I'm not super like set on it and that's not a great thing I actually want to be but I think when you are incorporated and you're juggling like building your online brand you have to like let some things go and it's better to not stress out about certain things. Mm -hmm. So I say um, in terms of things I do every day that I'm really focused on is my journaling. So I'm actually in a faith activated journaling course. And basically I get a journal prompt every single day because if not, it actually creates more stress for me to think about what I get a journal. (laughs) (laughs) I know that's not the purpose. No, no, I'm trying to take stress out of my life. So yeah, I, I have, um, I definitely do journal every single day, even if it's three minutes. Um, I brought it with me on the way to the tube. Like, so even if okay. I do it on the tube, so that's something I definitely always do. And then the other thing I do in terms of my business is I do what's called batching. So do you, have you heard of schedule batching? Or? No. So oh. I've heard of batching in the sense of if I was to do it all day, one day podcast, another day. Yes, yeah, that's essentially what it is. So okay. batching is, so think about actually like food prep, right? Like yeah. cook once, <laughs> once or twice and eat all week. Like that's the same concept. So okay. you don't have to like stress about it. You don't have to think about different things. Done. You don't have to plan it. It's kind of done. And so it's that same concept is that you put like tasks together because maybe doing like admin tasks for your business are very different, like creatively than writing content or doing a podcast so I do I map out every Sunday everything that has to get done and by now I know like what's going to create consistency in my business so I map all of it out and then I I plan it so Monday Wednesdays are the only days I do sales calls and client calls because that's the same kind of energy calls Mm -hmm. right and then on the other days I do more like admin tasks so like getting into the DMs, doing follow-ups, client follow-ups. Um, and then on Sundays are my creative content day. So I do all my content on Sundays, get that out and scheduled. So I think in terms of productivity, that has changed and saved my life. I really need to learn to do this because I really want to. And I know it's something that you should do, but I just, I'll be sitting there writing an email and then I'll be like, oh, I want to design this thing for my clients or something. And I'll just flip in between and I can feel that I'm getting stressed out and I'm not being productive it creates so much stress yeah it really does so I definitely need to get into that okay so just wrapping up I'm gonna ask you if you've ever had any piece of advice given to you or either by someone you know or even from a book or something like that Mm. that's really stuck out that you would share with us I love that so when I was pretty down in my health journey once I moved over here 
and I was just so grouchy. I was grouchy going to work. I was grouchy doing this and that. And that's not me at all. Like, as you can see, I'm, I'm pretty positive, yeah. you know, a mean <laughs> person. And I was with an old coworker from San Francisco. We were in Barcelona. And she said, you need to stop. You need to know that everything is happening for you. I love that. Yeah. And I know it's a quote from Tony Robbins. Tony and also... Someone else? Jen Sincero. Oh, you are okay. a badass. Yeah. Oh, ah, right. Yeah. yeah. So definitely like thinking of every, because if not, we're always in this victim mode. Absolutely. And oh, the, woe is me. Woe is me. And I'm like, no, what great opportunities we have to be able to this day and age make anything we want to happen. Yeah. There's no excuses. If you don't like something in your life, whether it's a relationship, job, if we have the ability to change it. Everyone does. Yeah. And so I think, it just really puts you into a more like grateful mood and mode and like thinking that life's always happening for you, whether, whether it could be bad, like in the instance of health, it can be really bad, but what can you do in your lowest to make, to make good out of that? Yeah. I'm such a big believer in that. So I really like that you said that because mm-hmm. I think it, the example you use as well about bad health being on the decline or something. And people will often say, well, how is this happening for me? If it's something bad, but I see it as you've been given an opportunity to grow. You're going to learn so much. You're going to gain more strength because you're going you're to have to. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's very – it just changes your perspective in a way that you suddenly feel empowered rather than pushed Definitely. down. Definitely. Yeah. Like if I hadn't gone through that, I wouldn't have become a health coach. I wouldn't have started this online business. I wouldn't have made all these amazing friends and found something so fulfilling in my life, changing people's lives that I would never have had the experience to do that. Yeah. So. That's amazing. So my last question, and it's something that I ask everyone who comes on the podcast, it's a bit of a big question, so I'm kind of throwing you in the deep end, but I'm going to ask you what you perceive to be the grow factor. So that's the branded term for the podcast, which is just, it can be anything, it can be a mindset, but it could equally be like a ritual, something that you practice, or even like a personality trait. But the thing, that little thing that somebody has that you think makes a difference between achieving what they want and reaching their goals, or just kind of getting a bit lost along the way I think it is someone who has that grit that determination but really embraces change truly embraces that the only constant is change because I mean you look at the world of even just social media one year ago to now how it is today like we didn't have Instagram stories can you imagine what life is out well maybe it's a little bit a year and a half maybe yeah something like that yeah but I think like you constantly have to be okay with being pushed out of your comfort zone yeah and if you're not you will always be reluctant to change and change is the only thing that we can really be sure of right yeah. maybe it's like being you're born you're you die and change <laughs> like I hate to say it like That's that so true yeah yeah so I think it's just someone who really not only just embraces it but figures it out how it's going to work for them for their lives for their families and then showing up consistently especially like as you're building a brand as you're building a business or even just like other general things in life it is that ability to show up day in and day out and see see the good in things I think that's really really interesting because it's change and consistency which are two things that sound completely (laughs) different but it makes so much sense because I think everything will change but you can stay consistent and that's how you balance change yeah and for people who don't like it I think that should be quite comforting that everything's going to change but just keep doing what you do right and you'll you'll figure out a way to adapt to it if yeah. you keep going forward if you if you're someone like us with that like kind of drive 
things will change, but you keep doing your thing and you'll figure out what like feels really good and authentic to you. Yeah. Just let it flow. Yeah. It will come to you. <laughs> Lovely. Well, thank you so much, Cara, for coming on. Would you... I've slipped back to English, haven't I? <laughs> slipped back to English. Oh, yeah. It's my British alter ego. I like it's it. It's going to happen. Yeah. I think you just have to flow with it. Um, could you let people know... I don't know if you are taking on clients or not, but even if not, maybe just where they can connect with you on social yeah. media. Or Absolutely. So I'm actually really excited. I'm relaunching my signature program. So a group coaching program if you want to get started building an online brand. Or um, if you are just getting started, you have a few clients, but you want consistency in your business. So I'm relaunching that in the next few weeks. It's called the Made for More Business Accelerator or the MBA, as I like to call it, Mm -hmm. online (laughs) MBA. Um, And you can find out more about that and connect to me primarily on Instagram, as you Mm -hmm. can imagine. It's Cara Baroni. So that's C-A-R-A. And yeah, um, feel free, please reach out to me. Say hi in the DMs. You know, I love that. Yes. I'll put it all in the show notes so people can click on the link. Thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate it.